This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. boy Jonathan Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School podcast. Uh, of course, coming at you live from the Vivid Seats studio on what has been media day uh, here in New York for the Knicks. And we have a very special podcast coming up. Uh, one of uh, the very, very best Knicks beat writers uh, or any beat writer out there for that matter. He's just awesome. Uh, Chris Eisman. Was at Media Day today, uh, got to ask a few questions, and we have him coming on to give his thoughts and observations from a Media Day that uh, is before a season that the Knicks hope will be uh, at least a little bit different from last season. Won't be, <laughs> won't be worlds different, but I think in terms of, if not win total, then just uh, look and feel. Um, I think we got the sense today that there is certainly an expectation that, yes, 2019-20 will be very different from the tankathon that we are not too far away from having experienced. Um, but I am recording a little intro before the podcast with Chris, um, not to talk about Media Day, but to talk about my friend uh, very briefly. And that, of course, is Jeffrey Ballone, who you all out there know as JB. And if you're on Twitter, um, you may have seen last night that JB announced that he is, um, I guess, stepping down from running Nick's Film School, um, which is not only the Twitter handle um, that he helped create the um, phenomenon, I will go so far as to say, uh, that all started with a, a Ron Baker video, um, which had some music in it, which then later got the original Nick's Film School Twitter account um, uh, suspended. And I think it is still suspended to this day. I actually haven't checked in a while. Um, and of course, um, you know, Nick's Film School, when me and JB got together last summer, um, it became a website, which then also spawned um, a newsletter, which sp which also spawned this podcast, uh, which spawned a whole community of Nick's fans. Um, and that has, over the course of the year now more than a year that we've been doing this together um other than my family has been the biggest part of my life um and it will continue to be uh one of the two biggest parts of my life because um I don't know why I'm just a I I have a passion for this stuff and I think uh that's why my guess is why you all listen to this podcast or part of the reason why you all listen to this podcast and follow me on Twitter and read my stuff and all that, all that, you know, helpful jazz. Um, because I love what I do and it means a lot to me and it is something that I want to continue to be a very big part of my life um, for the rest of it. Um, and that's, that's, you know, my own choice. JB 
on the other hand, is, um, as you could probably tell if you followed his personal account on Twitter. And it's so funny that I'm saying this as my daughter comes down to get a refill on her bottle of milk so she could properly go to bed. Um, I don't want anybody to get me wrong. Family is a huge part of my life, too. Um, but it is, I think, a, a part of JB's life. Um, and he has two girls. I only have one. She's a handful, but I only have one girl. Yes, we only have one for now, as my wife is, is chiming in from the background, peanut gallery. JB has two girls. Um, he has a wonderful wife, uh, Emily, who we have been lucky enough to become friends with as well over the last year. Um, and if you followed the Twitter account at any point over the last you know 12 months, um, you probably thought that he does not sleep or eat or have a job and yet he did all those things um and he made some very real sacrifices to do that stuff and um you know i think that all uh led in part to today um when he or i guess last night when he decided that um you know it was time to move on and to concentrate his energies on some other things and uh, Nick's film school, of course, will will go on. Um, I'm, you know, beyond humbled to be able to say that uh, I will be, you know, leading that effort from here on in. Um, still gonna have the podcast. Still gonna have the newsletter. We're gonna have some exciting things going on with the website. I think um, that we're gonna start to roll out over the course of the next few weeks. Um, there'll be film stuff, there'll be different community stuff with all the people that are involved with KFS now, all of the extended KFS family. I mean, it's just gonna, there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming up as my wife puts ice in my daughter's milk because she's a great mom. You're a great mom. I want you to know that. Huh? <laughs> um, I'm going to leave this in the pod, by the way. Um, so all that being said, that's, that's not why I wanted to do a little, um, cold open here. I, I, Nick's film school is going to be fine and uh, it's going to be great and it's going to be an exciting year for hopefully the team and for the site and the newsletter and the pod and all that stuff. But I, I just wanted to take a minute to acknowledge the fact that um, for as much as Nick's film school has, has been, you know, like I said, such a huge part of my life um, it is, it is not a part of my life at all. It would not be a part of my life at all without JB. Um, and I, I've probably told this story before, but you know, I was, I mean, I was writing and I was trying to get my stuff out there to the world, to literally anyone who would read it. I had, you know, probably a couple hundred Twitter followers, whatever it was. Um, and that was, you know, I guess about a year and a half ago now and JB, you know, saw that I was always on Twitter and like interacting with people and just always talking about the Knicks and promoting my stuff and, and, um, just decided to reach out and see if I wanted to come join him at, at the Knicks wall. And he just, for whatever reason, um, saw something in me that, um, you know, I had been doing this for a while, but you know, no, no one else had ever seen that. And then from that, it grew into, you know, whatever, whatever it is now. And to, to think that, you know, two years ago, I remember, I actually remember it like it was yesterday. I, the first time I came across the Knicks Film School Twitter account back when actually the, the picture, the, the Twitter icon was still JB's face, um, which I thought, which was, which was funny. Um, even before the Kylo Quinn with the, with the handheld camera, it was back when it was JB's face. Um, you know, and I saw, I saw the next film school Twitter account and I was like, my God, this person is like, how creative does a person need to be to actually, A, you need to be creative, but B, you need to have guts to be like, I'm going to do my own film work. But not only do my own film work, I'm going to do it better than anyone else out there is doing it. Um, and then 
I'm going to promote it in such a way that um, I go from, you know, basically an unknown to the most important thing out there on Nick's social media um, almost overnight. Um, and that's really what it was like. And now to think that I'm sitting here, you know, two years later, um, and I'm going to be in charge of, of, of that name. And I, I, again, I say that not to, it's, it's not about me, but just about what he built and what JB has built over the course of those two years. And, um, you know, if you're sitting here, I've been talking for close to 10 minutes now um and i'll i'll shut up and get to the interview with with chris eisman um but i just i just had to take a few minutes to acknowledge what the fact that he did something that i think every one of us at some point in time like thinks of doing like to just create something from thin air and to have it be, forget good and forget noticed, but just be important and matter. Because that's, I mean, what, what does anybody want out of life? I mean, it, it's to just, to put some kind of mark. Um, and, you know, he'll still pop up from, you know, here and there. He'll still, he said he's going to still, you know, crunch some of the numbers for our salary cap stuff. And I'm sure he'll put out a video um, at some point or, or two this season, and uh, I'm definitely get him on the pod before the season starts. So you could you could rest assured of that. Um, you know, but I I I just had to take a few minutes and acknowledge uh, JB, who whether it's me running Nick's Film School or whoever you know whatever the future of Nick's Film School holds, Nick's Film School will always be Jeffrey Ballone. Um, it's, that's just the way it is. It's always going to be Jeffrey Ballone. The name still exists and we will go forward and we will continue to try to make it cool. And, um, all of the things that made it, that, that JB made it to become so big in the first place, but you know, it's him. He is Nick's film school and he will always be Nick's film school. Um, so um, for those of you who have not skipped over this portion of the pod, uh, to right to the interview, I thank you uh, for hearing my little my little thing, and um, I just want to say uh, thank you once again to JB. I don't even know if he listens to these pods anymore. I'm assuming he listens to them, but if he if he doesn't, uh, I'll say thank you anyway um, to JB for just everything, um, and and I say that to to him on behalf of every Knicks fan out there because he's given us something that um, certainly he, you know, we could never repay him for. And uh, ironically enough for which he never wanted a dime for. Um, So yeah. Um, A tip of the cap to you, sir. And uh, on that note, (laughs) speaking of not wanting a dime, uh, don't forget Use promo code OVERTIME uh, in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. First-time customers only. Let's get to the interview with Chris Eisman. All right. So with me on the line is uh, a man that, um, I don't know, really does need no introduction. He's a regular on this pod at this point. Um, which is, I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but uh, the one and only Chris Eisman of NorthJersey.com. Um, Chris, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. Uh, I, am, I probably have a little bit more energy than you. Um, well, first, first of all, did you, did you have a desk today when you, when you showed up at Nick's Media Day? So I did. I did have a desk. It was marked and everything. Um, yeah, it just there was some construction going on at the facility, so I think uh, I think a couple have been taken out, and that created created some confusion. But I was one of the lucky ones who didn't have their desk removed. Um, I I think that means they like you. That's that's I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that. I, I think that if it was like one spot to the left, I would have been in trouble. <laughs> but <laughs> mine just happened to be in the right spot, so they didn't have to clear it out. Um. 
So there, the construction of the facility is taking about as long as the construction of the team. So we'll see which is on first. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, where are the betting odds on uh, on where I can <laughs> wager on which of those is going to finish first? Um, so obviously, um, you know, a lot we could talk about with media today, but we got to open with the most important question, which is, um, Chris Eisman, do you like ice baths? <laughs> when I get in them, I feel cold. Um, but they <laughs> You're help kidding with me. Healing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they help with healing. And it was, yeah, that, that was one of the stranger things that came out of today. Actually, the strangest thing that came out of today. Was that, well, which in, in and of itself is, is a, a good sign. I, I, I could have sworn I heard that that was, was that Henry Abbott from True Hoop? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I mean, I knew it had to be somewhat legitimate because if it wasn't... Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. It was more like the setting and just like the, you know, because everybody's asking like very general questions about the team and things and that's just like a very specific question. So it was kind of funny, but yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, a legitimate story. Yeah, no, I'll uh, I'll, I'll earmark that one for uh, as soon as I yeah. see it pop up. I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to read that. Um, all right, let, let me start here. Um, I, I'm constantly, uh, battling between the, the devil on one shoulder and the, the angel on the other in terms of how optimistic I should be about this team and how pessimistic I should be. And there's a part of me that after today, um, I, I actually, there was, I was fully expecting Steve Mills in particular to come out and basically try to spin it that obviously without saying Durant's name and without specifically referencing the Achilles, trying to put some kind of spin like basically once the Achilles happened that their plans changed and they didn't pursue their initial, you know, targets as aggressively as they maybe would have. Um, and we, I, at least to my estimation, I don't think we got that. I mean, obviously they tried to talk no. up the guys that they, they signed I there is a part of me that wants to give them credit for at least owning up to the fact that there were you know they still wanted those guys and and those guys said no I think what was it Perry that's you know when asked about it Perry said you'd have to ask them or maybe it was Mills whatever do do they deserve any credit for that or am I am I just have I been a downtrodden Knicks fan for too long that I'm I'm looking for for things to put a positive spin on well look you know. The nature of media day makes it difficult only because it's, you know, the teams want to make it a positive day. They want to make it, you know, a, a good day to kind of introduce their players and unveil the new roster. Um, but it, it's, I think a lot of people were expecting him to come out and, and acknowledge the disappointment a little bit more. Okay. But I think if you acknowledge that disappointment, then it's like, what does that say to the guys that you did sign? So it would be like, you know, he came out and would say like, yeah, we're really disappointed about the guys that we signed, but, um, you know, we signed, uh, we're really disappointed about, you know, who, uh, that we didn't, you know, execute kind of plan a quote unquote, but, yeah. you know, we signed several guys that we think are good and here they are now. And it would just be kind of like a weird thing. Like, well, you're clearly the plan B guys. So it would just be a, a weird scenario. Um, so I think that a day like today, like they, they, they tried to talk up the guys that they got. Um, I, I think the only, the only thing that I, um, or one of the only things that I kind of was a little bit surprised about was that they kind of made it seem as if this was the plan all along. And I think clearly that's not true. As, <laughs> like, as far I think as... Trying to, as far as that, what, like they, that that these guys that they signed and that the, the you know the players that they brought in was part of their thinking and part of their plan from the start of free agency, which I oh think I, is, I I I understand you know, what you're saying. Like basically, I think they were always going to be yeah, comfortable like, with this outcome, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah, like okay. I, I think that it, it's more so like it, just acknowledging that yeah, like you know what we thought we might get in terms of, you know, getting superstars, like that didn't pan out. So we, you know, we pivoted and we signed, you know, seven players that we really think are going to help us to make this roster better. It was more so like, this is what we thought was going to happen all along, which I was kind of surprised about. Um, but again, I think it's a difficult 
it's a difficult balance to try and find where you're you're to try and express the disappointment while also not disparaging the players that you brought in. Yeah, no, um, I I, I so. agree with that, and I think that's that's you know, and it's funny. I've never I've never been one to criticize them for coming out and and kind of you know acknowledging the fact that they were going you know star chasing. Um, but at the same at the same time, it does it does put you in a funny spot in a in a, on a day like today where it's mm-hmm. you know because you to, it it makes it that much more difficult to toe the line that you're saying that they you know they towed it about as well as they could I guess would be probably the best yeah way to say it. I, yeah I, I think they they did but like I said I, I think the um, there was a, a couple lines in there, like I said, where they they kind of tried to portray this as the plan all along. Well, the I word "successful" it, was used, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's successful in the context of, you know, if if they want to say that this is successful in the context of not being able to execute our plan A, we pivoted and we found found that we had a successful off season, a successful free agency, and bringing in the guys that we did. That's fine, but yeah. to try and paint this as a successful overall off season. I think is is a little bit incorrect, um, and that was the only thing that I, I like. I said, are one of the only things that I kind of disagreed with. Um, but again, it's you know, you can you can parse the words and and you know pick apart anything in a, in a situation like that. But um, you know, that was one of the few things that I or one of the only things that I kind of shook my head at. Well, I mean, it's interesting you say that because I. I... First of all, I agree with you. Um, I there was, you know, I mean, it's the Knicks. There's always going to be a little bit too much lipstick um, on the pig, right? Um, but right. I, I'm, the thing I'm really with you about is I I don't know why I was expecting this. Maybe this was wrong of me. I was expecting it to be a little bit more. I don't know if contentious is the right word, but. It's like, you know, the three of them got up there and then a half an hour went by and it was like, oh, okay. Um, you know, that's it. There was no moment where you were like, oh, they're going down a road that is re-. like, it just, there was, after having not spoken for three months, I expected there to be something, some moment, which is why I think overall, you know, for, you know, and again, we don't. <laughs> We judge this organization on a on a different curve than like I don't want to say normal organizations, but let's say most organizations. Most organizations getting through a day like today should not be seen as some side of a of accomplishment. For the Knicks, no, I mean, I, and look, I'm you know I love these. I, I believe in the the front office. I'm I'm a fa- obviously I'm a fan of what they've done, um, but at the same time, we also have to acknowledge like look, things have not always these days don't always go very well. Um, and right. I mean, should I be shocked that it was kind of smooth sailing for the most part yeah no i don't think you should be um you should be shocked i mean i think it's a good thing for them that for the most part it was it was okay i think that the fact that they hadn't spoken for so long i think that everything just kind of like everybody knows what, what happened like you know and and everybody you know we already heard from duran Kyrie last week at, at nets media day um so you kind of i think going in we we sort of in a lot of ways, what we expected is what transpired. Okay. It pretty much, like, there was not really any surprises. Like, we kind of, I think at the end of the day, what they said was sort of along the lines of how we how we expected them to, to portray um, their free agency. Um, I, I don't, I didn't go back and watch a video of it or anything, but my... My recollection of last year's media day, which you were at, was that the the mm-hmm. one big difference in terms of the team's leadership was I remembered Fizz being a lot more, um, I don't want to say talky, um, but I he really was not bashful about you know really putting himself out there, and I, I you know yeah. a few a few people today got you know said to me like oh Fizz looked like scared or whatever I didn't get that sense. But I definitely got no. the, the sense that he is at the stage where, and I got some somewhat of the same sense from a couple of the players, and we'll get into that. But like the time for talking is done, type of deal. It, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, you're right. He definitely was not as um, 
uh, what's the word? I guess he wasn't as exuberant. I don't yeah. know. Like it just like he just, like last year, like he was he was just very you know excited and really um, you know wasn't afraid of making certain proclamations and, and setting expectations. And I think that this year he was a little bit more um, toned down, um, and and kind of more just you know realistic about the situation that they're in, like not assigning expectations, just saying, you know, we're going to compete. And um, I thought it was interesting. Um, I believe it was, uh, I can't remember who asked the question about, you know, is the word playoffs uttered? Um, oh yeah. Yeah. You can't, I think it was either uh Steve Popper or Steph Bondi, one of those guys, I think. Um, and they, and they didn't say that. Yeah. Like we're, you know, every day we're talking about playoffs and Fizz was very, just kind of measured and saying like, yeah, when, when the dust settles, like that's where we want to be, but that's not necessarily something that I'm coming in every day and, and, you know, throwing around is that word. So I I think that he definitely um, was a little bit more measured in the things that he said. Yeah. And I mean, which, you know, it's, it's interesting because on one hand it's like that's being realistic, but um, uh, on the other hand, it's, I don't know. It's, it seems to be, in some circles, it's like there there should be more there should yeah, there should be more pressure on these guys after you know what was essentially you know a, a year that was all you know that it, not that there were promises made but like there were this was the season where the expectations were supposed to go up and even though I think most fans at least fans like myself are like you know are just happy with the fact that once plan A, as you said, didn't happen, that they didn't resort to the usual craziness. Um, you know, and we're realistic about this. I, I, I mean, I'm fine with it. Where are you, are you like, as a, you know, you, it's your job as a writer to hold these guys, you know, feet to the fire, so to speak. Are you, um, I guess maybe comfortable would be the word I'd use with the fact that they're basically saying like, no, we're not talking playoffs this year. Yeah, I think that they have to be because I think that any realistic person who looks at that roster doesn't see playoffs. Um, you know, I, I think that if they were coming out and saying that we believe they're a playoff team, you would almost be like, uh, really? <laughs> you know, I mean, like that would kind of be yeah. hard to believe um, when most people are expecting them to fall in like the 28 to 32 win range. So, you know, I, I think that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that it's probably the right move to not be saying things like that and to kind of – things like that can always come back to haunt the team, you know, when you start throwing that stuff around. So yeah. I, I guess from, from their perspective, it's a smart um, kind of way to go about it. Especially this team. Um, yeah, because nothing, yeah. nothing's yeah. ever been thrown back in their face. Um, there, were, <laughs> there were seven players uh, that took the mic today. Um, should we, and there were a couple notable, notable ones that, that were not, um, present, uh, Mitchell Robinson's probably the most notable one. I mean, I'm sure people will read into the fact that, uh, Frank Milikina wasn't there. Um, but you know, Trier, another guy, not there. A couple of the new signings, Bullock. I mean, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know, what, should we read anything into the fact that certain guys weren't there? No, no, no. It's really just, um, they brought out, you know, with the free agents, they brought out the guys that. Uh, you know, we're, you know, like Wayne Ellington wasn't brought out, but, you know, they brought out guys that people would want to, they felt that people want to hear from. Um, and, you know, just, you know, guys like Mitchell Robinson, Trier, like we can get them, you know, during the week and practice and things like that. Gotcha. Um, if, if there was like, you know, a bunch of us said like, we really want to hear from this guy or that guy, like they probably would have looked into getting that player out, but that just didn't, that didn't happen. So I wouldn't read, you know, I wouldn't read anything into who was brought out and who wasn't. Well, speaking of that, I mean, can you give, um, you know, can you give people a little behind the scenes? Like how is the rest of camp going to go for, for you and, and the rest of the assembled media as far as like, are there going to be like set media sessions each day? Is it, is it treated just as uh, essentially as practice days would be during the regular season? Like what are the next two weeks going to be like? Yeah, it's exactly like practice. Like tomorrow we'll go and um, the Knicks are starting their practice, I think, at 11 a.m. Um, 
the media will probably be around 1230, one o'clock. And, and it's just, it's the same as practice, you know, we'll get Fizdale and then um, they'll bring, you know, a few players over to talk to us. So yeah, training camp is pretty much the same as any, you know, any regular practice during the year. Um, one thing I haven't heard about that they did last year, and I, I don't expect you to have any knowledge of this, um, but it, I'll ask it just in case. They did the um, the open scrimmage or open practice, I guess it was, at MSG last year. Have you heard anything if they're planning on doing something like that this season? You know, it's a good question. I actually haven't. Um, I should. I'll, I'll check in on that tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, I actually have not heard anything about that yet. I'm assuming – I don't remember last year if they, like, were hyping it up. Yeah, I, it, like how it, long before that happened? I can't remember. It happened pretty quick, from what I from what I recall. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I went and I don't remember hearing about it that far in advance. So who knows? And it's um, usually like the Sunday before the season starts. So it's or Saturday or Sunday, the Saturday before the season starts. So I guess there's a few more weeks. So yeah. All right. Well. we'll yeah. Um. Yeah. So speaking of the guys they did bring out, um, I'm gonna just ask you about a couple of them, and we'll we'll finish yeah. up. Um. Julius Randle, I don't think it's anybody's to anybody's surprise. He was brought out first. Um, what was he came off as very kind of um, confident and and comfortable in mm-hmm. what I guess is going to be kind of acknowledged as like he's the leader of this team. Did you get the the same read being there? Yeah, I, I thought he was. You know, he 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 came across really well. Um, when we first spoke to him out in Vegas uh, during summer league and he was just there watching um, and we got him for a few minutes in the pack um, by the locker rooms during one of the games. And he was really good then. And then he was really good today too. Um, you know, he just, he seems like a really good guy. Um, I heard from somebody around the team who, who was like praising him for the way that he's been since they, they brought him in and just how easy he's been to deal with and how good he's been. So um, yeah, he seems like a guy that, you know, I think, you know, you and, and, and fans will like uh, to watch play and like hear from him. But, um, yeah, I thought he said, you know, good things that, you know, definitely would appeal to fans in terms of always wanting to be a Nick and always wanting to play at the Garden. So yeah, I was, thought he did a good job today. That, you know, I, whether he meant every word of it or, you know, said it. Exactly, uh, yeah. Or it, it, it was like nice to hear. $63 million. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, you pay me $63 million, I'll tell you, I, I'll be wherever – wherever you want me to be. <laughs> you know, though, I, I have to say, though, I mean, and again, I'm always looking for the bright side, but I I, ha- I thought to myself as he was talking, you know, it's two guaranteed years with a third-year team option for $63 million. Meanwhile, it wasn't that long ago that we were hearing Joakim Noah, who was, I, I forget what age he was when the Knicks signed him, um, 45, whatever the hell. Um, we got four four guaranteed years at like you know seventy two. I'm like so. Yes, they paid him a lot, but in the grand scheme of things, yeah, it's not I guess, the end of the world. Yeah. yeah, if you actually look at his production, like it's not crazy. Yeah, no, no. no. I mean, look, if if he if he becomes the player that his stats dictate he should be in terms of being like a more complete player, which again, that was a, I mean, again, he, did he know that we probably wanted to hear this? Absolutely. But for him to get up there and say, um, I forget what exactly his words were. You probably remember better than me, but basically that he was going to try to do more of the little things and, and the stats don't matter, which was nice. Yeah, I think so. Kind of all a blur at this point. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I think he did say something like that. It's all a blur of ice bats. Um, (laughs) The second guy they brought out, and I, I, I have to ask about him because he, Marcus Morris, it, <laughs> it, he seems like a character. Yeah. Like just like he seems yeah. like a kind of an interesting guy. What do you think of Marcus? You know what? He seems like the sort of guy that they need. Um, yeah, I'm happy you said that. If they need, they need, they really needed like a no BS enforcer type of guy who's kind of got to set a defensive tone, a hard-nosed mentality. They didn't really have that last year. Um, and this, you know, he just kind of seems like the type of guy that's not – well, we know he's the type of guy who's not going to take crap from anybody yeah. and is going to hold guys accountable. Um, so I think that that's really what they need. Um, and you talk about kind of guys taking a leadership role. I think he could kind of become that sort of player. I thought the same um, thing. And you have to hope, if you're a Knicks fan, that – the younger guys kind of feed off of that, uh, 
that personality and that persona of, of toughness and, and just, you know, confidence and, and grittiness. Um, yeah. I mean, I, he definitely, he definitely seems like a character, very confident. Um, but yeah, I think he'll bring things that they, they definitely were lacking badly last year. Yeah. I, um, I was, you know, just hearing him talk and I, I, I was thinking to myself, I don't think it's an accident that he, I mean, maybe it was, maybe it's just a, a coincidence of, of who was ready when, but I was thinking to myself, maybe it's not an accident that he was the next guy to come out after Julius Randle. And I, I also had the thought that, you know, and, and I want to talk very briefly about the rotation before we go, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if Morris played for as long as he's here and who knows if he gets you know traded at the trade deadline but for as long as he's here I wouldn't be surprised if Morris played the second most minutes on the team um after Randall and and that Fizz maybe will always want one of those two guys to be out there we'll you know we'll see what happens with the starting lineup but I I I have a feeling he's going to play very prominently in in the Knicks plans this year yeah, I think so too. I mean, look, you know, they they brought him in obviously, at, you know, one year, fifteen million dollars. Um, you know, he's going to get time, yeah, and he brings things that they don't. Like I said, they didn't really have a lot of. Um, they need their defense. Obviously, was terrible because they're you know, and, and he can do that. Uh, he can shoot, so he brings things that they're definitely going to need. And I, I feel like he's the type of guy that Fizdale is just going to want on the court at all times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of like you said. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely think that he's going to get his fair. Uh, share of minutes and I, and I think you know you kind of alluded to it with the rotations but you know I'm sure we'll talk more about it but just him and Knox like that dynamic is going to be interesting is how they kind of find minutes for the two of them um, you know if, if Marsh is obviously playing the three um, but yeah I think he's definitely gonna you know he's gonna be on the court plenty well let's there let's we don't need to talk anymore about media day. It's it's all like you said <laughs> it's all blurred really what does it even it all mean? could become just yeah, it's all gonna be washed away. Um, very soon, I, I I suspect. I so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna tick off. Here, we'll, we'll play a little game. We've never we've never done a gimmick on a pod together. So what what better time to start than now? Um, I'm gonna read right. off a name, and you tell me um, in in terms of whether you think that they will be a consistent part of the rotation, meaning. So actually, let's do it this way. Either your answer is 100% if they're healthy, they're playing. Um, If And second level would be if they're healthy, they're going to play some nights, but they might not play, and it's it's an uncertainty. And then I guess the last would be they're they're probably going to be on the outside looking in. Um, Okay. Okay. With the caveat that we remember that the head coach is David Fisdale, and that last year I could not predict that man's rotations if you paid me. But <laughs> well, that's exactly why I'm putting you on this spot. Um, so let, let, I'll, I'll start with the easy one. So Julius Randle. No, he'll play a lot. Yeah. Okay. Um, who one of two guys that I think is. I mean, you can slot him in for a. You know, you can you can write his name in pen in the starting lineup. Who's the other one? Uh, I would say Mitchell Robinson. Okay, so Mitchell Robinson definitely going to play. Uh, Marcus Morris. He'll um, he'll play. I don't know what role if he'll be off the bench or a starter yet, but he'll, he's definitely going to play. Okay, RJ Barrett. He's a third overall pick. He's going to play. They're going to want him out there. I, I think that's. I think that's. It. Can you imagine if? Not that this would they ever happen. Never play him. Can you imagine if the the first game came and went and he didn't get off the bench? That would be. Um, <laughs> There would be, be a mutiny. There would be a mutiny, yeah. yeah. Um, Kevin Knox. Yeah, I think he'll – he's the interesting case because, like I said with Morris, I don't know how that dynamic's going to go and it's going to be something to watch. But I, I would I would have to think that they're going to want him to play a lot too just because of the amount that's kind of riding on him. Okay, so we got that's, – that's five names in the books right there. Um, I'm actually going to go – before I get to any of the guards, I'm going to go Bobby Portis. Uh, he'll be Mitchell's, well, yeah, he'll play because he's going to back up Mitch at the five, um, and then probably back up Randall at the four too. So yeah, he'll get his, his fair share. 
Okay, so we're now we're now six deep. I'm I'm back. This is all designed to back you into a corner. By the way, this just... yeah, I think this is this is yeah. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna have regrets pretty soon. Um, yep. Dennis Smith Jr. Um. Tricky. Yeah. He's he's gonna play a uh, lot. I think that he's probably gonna end up starting. I think so too. Um, yeah. Would you uh, would you be shocked if Alfred Payton started the season as a, as a starting point guard? I wouldn't be shocked, only because I think like I kind of thought about it like the last couple of weeks. If you think about like what Emmanuel Mudiay brought, he wasn't obviously a consistent shooter either. But Fisdale loved the way he passed um, and kind of the way he kept the offense organized. That's what we heard all year was how well he passed and how well he yeah. kept things running. And I think that if Alfred Payton can do that, then I think that he has a strong chance of getting that job because those are things that Fisdale places a high premium on. However, I think I do think the fact that, and the Knicks will will never you know come out and, and say it because I don't think they can, but like the fact that they got Dennis Smith Jr. back in the Chris Depps trade and oh for sure, you know like they're gonna want to give him chances to prove himself and show that like we got a guy that can be part of this team for a long time that we didn't you know, just trade for a guy who's, you know, we don't believe in anymore. So I think he's going to get ample opportunities to, to play and to prove himself. All right. So I, I th- you kind of said it already, and I think this is the last easy one, but Alfred Payton going to play? Yeah, he'll play, but, like, you know, he'll get, um, you know, a decent amount of minutes. But I, I think, uh, especially early on, he'll be off the bench. So um, – it's my pod, so I could do this. I'm changing the rules on the fly. We just named eight okay. guys. You pretty, pretty con- as as am I. By the way, I completely agree with you. Those eight guys that we just named, they're all pretty. Whether it's pen or or you know very hard pressed pencil, um, they're gonna play. You know, if they're healthy, they're gonna they're gonna see some time on the court. Is there anyone else on this team that right now sitting here today you? would be shocked if they were not a member of the rotation come opening night. Um, no. So, and, no. and the two guys... I think that's pretty much... I, I, the, the guy, I guess the, the one guy I'll say, I, I, is Trier. Trier's the one guy who seems to be on that line for me because they, did, they seem to really like him last year. You know, you know what I would, yeah, him, but also Wayne Ellington too. That's like, I the think other he's going to get yeah. opportunities. Yeah, yeah, I would say Wayne Ellington almost more than Trier. You really interesting. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I t- see that to me speaks. Well, I mean, it's also a fit thing because they're very different type of players um, in yeah. terms of skill sets and what they bring to the table. So it's okay. So we got you got the eight definites, and then like two more. Semi-definite, so I guess let's... Yeah, exactly. Let's let's end with this. Um, do you, if you had to guess, and I, I'm acknowledging that this is completely a guess, um, do you think this is the type of thing where guys will, um, you know, guys who are outside of the rotation looking in to... Well, actually, no, before I ask that question, do you think he's going to play more than 10 guys... In like a a normal game that doesn't include lots of garbage time, do you think he's going to play more than ten guys? I'd be um, I'd be surprised if he did, but I, I that would be... I would be too. I would be too. Just kind of looking at the way he handled that last year, I would be very very surprised. Not impossible, um, but I would be I, I'd be surprised. So so given that given that, and I think that's again it's a safe assumption. Is this going to be the type of thing where it's like all right, you know? you're outside of the rotation looking in and you might get a chance to impress in garbage time. And, and if you do that enough, maybe you take somebody else's job type of deal or, you know, do you think that there's, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I I think so because just the amount that they harped on competitiveness on the roster and battling for minutes and playing time and things like that. Like, I think that that's the kind of environment that they're trying to create where you're never safe a hundred percent in your job. Okay. And then you have to keep proving yourself. So that's kind of why I, I do believe that. Um, but no, I, 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 I think that's, you know, I think that's as good a guess as any. <laughs> and it does, and yeah. well, and that's the, yeah. the last thing I did want to ask you about. So you um, reported today 
that Dotson was well. You actually had a because they. I think the official PR statement of the team was that he was like doubtful, essentially for for uh, the preseason. But you you're comfortable saying he's out for preseason. No, they they came out. They said he's out for preseason. Oh, they did. Um, okay, he, they said yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, their official um, their PR account said that, and then it was that he'll he could be ready for the start of the season. So okay. he's, he's kind of an uncertainty for the start of the season, you know, the regular season at this point. But yeah, he's not playing in preseason. Okay, so you know, between that and and Bullock, I don't know. Maybe it makes things a little easier. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's Bullock. I don't think we're going to see for you know a little while, but. Um, yeah, I, I agree. You know, Dot, Dot, I think will be back fairly soon, and I, and I, th- I saw some fans kind of getting um, concerned about that, um, in uh, on Twitter about how you know he's going to miss time, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too concerned. They said he's likely not going to play in preseason, so okay. I, I, I think that they're setting themselves up for not playing. All right, last uh, last question. You wrote, um, man, you're a machine. You had two two pieces come out today. Like who? Who are you? Dude, you know, no, no rest for the weary. Um, so one of them uh, for everybody listening, go and uh, read it. It's uh, I reposted it on um, nicksfilmschool.com, so you could check uh, Chris's recap of Media Day as a whole um, that he wrote for NorthJersey.com. But you wrote a second piece in which you talked about um, the three-headed point guard battle. And we have just talked about two of those guys, Dennis Smith Jr. and Alfred Payton. Um, we did not talk about the third. Um, I spent a lot of summer this, or a lot of time this summer talking about him, and that's Frank Nilakina. Do you like? Is he still a Nick? Come, I don't know if I should ask you. Is he still a Nick? Come the trade deadline. I don't know if I should ask you. Is he still a Nick? Come, uh, I, I don't even know when October. You know, Halloween. Um, like yeah. where 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 are you coming down right now on Frank? I, I think he'll be a Nick certainly past Halloween. Um, if they, you know, look if he if he plays and he builds up his value again, um, or I shouldn't say again if he builds up his value. <laughs> period. That was a low. That he, was below the belt, sir. Well, I just because just no. I mean, you're, you know, you're not wrong. You know, the past. I don't mean to like disparage him, but you just. I, I, he hasn't been a player that, I mean, during his rookie year, you can make the argument that he was, you know, highly looked upon by teams, but, you know, obviously the way last year went, the way it went, it just, that value kind of sunk. Look, in the um, 1950s, 35% from the field would get you, <laughs> that would get you paid, man. Exactly. That's like exactly. George, just, just George Mike yeah, level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't even mean it that way, but just, um, no, he's the he was the yeah, worst high volume shooter in the league last year. I've said it many times. I mean, it's you can't you can't beat around the bush of what last year was. It was what it was. Right, exactly. Right, and it's just it was a total lost cause. Um, so I, I think he'll certainly be here past Halloween. But if he, if he built up his value and they get a decent offer for him by the deadline, I could see them moving him. Obviously, I was surprised. You know, I asked Fizz about the point guard competition, and I only included. Dennis and Alfred Payton. I didn't even think about Frank at that point. And he's the one who brought Frank up. I don't know. And so I wrote, you know, that it's going to be a three-player competition. I don't know if that's a truthful three-player competition or if David Fisdale was just including Frank in that discussion. Um, But for all intents and purposes, he's in that conversation. So we'll see whether or not that actually means anything once the games start. But he's technically in that competition. Let's yeah. I like I, I could I could see the the giant air quotes um, as you said. If he if he came out and was the Knicks starting point guard on opening night, I don't know what I would do. I literally don't know how I would react. Yeah, I just, it would be that would be just shocking. That would I would that would be more shocking than anything that that has happened with this yeah, franchise that would in be, a while. Which is saying something. That would be crazy. Yeah, yeah, that, that certainly is. Um. All right, Chris. Uh, you have um. You have a long night of, of uh, ice bathing ahead of you, um, so we we. I mean, listen. After a day like today, I mean, if there was ever I mean, an you, ice bath, sounds like a good idea. You may need the ice bath and the uh, who was talking about the cryo? The um, was that Marcus? Oh, Mark? I think 
Was, was, that, was he in or Bobby Portis? Maybe I it was think. Portis. I forget. It's yeah, like, yeah. One of those guys. After I started to, I was at that point. I was just starting to. I was like, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I don't think yeah. anybody, any of us knew what was happening. Um, no. So thank you for for taking the time. Um, anything? Yeah, of any closing closing thoughts or anything else you want to say? Not really. If I do come up with anything, I'll let you know and I'll post it on Twitter. But otherwise, we'll have to read uh, uh, an addendum to the pod. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll start including that uh, footnotes yeah. to the podcast. Uh, Chris, yeah. you are the man. Um, I, I really do. You know, I, I I will openly say that I probably take for granted the fact that I uh, my little dinky podcast gets um, a Knicks beat writer to come on and talk on media day. <laughs> about what the day oh. was like but you're such a nice fucking no, guy that i can't i that's why i take it for granted because <laughs> i just you know no of course no i'm happy to go on i appreciate you asking me so anytime no of course so um again if you didn't hear it before i'll say it one more time um if you're not following chris i've said this every time he's on but i'll say it again i don't know what you're doing he is um of all the nick speak guys he is the best follow on twitter uh he gives you just what you want just what you need um, and he's always reliable. Read his stuff on NorthJersey.com. Um, we will be always reposting links to his articles um, on NicksFilmSchool.com. So if you ever miss something he wrote, you could always go back there. Um, I actually I put you in to the website this morning as a keyword. You could now go to NicksFilmSchool.com and just search for. Oh. You're going to be able to search Chris Eisman, and then all your articles are just going to pop up. I gotta get you those clicks, well, man. You. I gotta get you those clicks. Come yeah. on, we're all we're all in this together. <laughs> That's true. Thank you. Uh, all right, Chris, you're the man. Thank you again, and uh, of course, everybody out yeah. there, thanks for for joining us for another episode of uh, the Next Film School podcast. And we will, of course, talk to you again very soon.